Hey there, and welcome to Drupal Easy Podcast number 222. My name is Mike Anello with Drupal Easy, and my guest today is the new executive director of the Drupal Association, Heather Rocker. Hey, Heather, how are you? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Um, well, thanks for being here. It's, I think you might be the first executive director who's in my time zone. Isn't that isn't it exciting? The East Coast. <laughs> yeah, I think you are the first like East Coast. Well, I don't know. Did Jacob Redding actually? Jacob Redding is the first one. Jacob's everywhere. Yeah, I know he lives. He's in our time zone now. I, I think he, he is East Coast now. Zones. I think you're right. He travels all the time, but I think technically he is. He's a Floridian. There you go. Anyway, so welcome, Heather. Welcome to the Drupal community. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let's find out just a little bit about you. Okay. Um, Because I have to talk about one of our sponsors. But before we do that, you've been on the job for four or five months. I'm just guessing. This one I didn't actually write down and look up. Started in June of this year, so early this summer. Yeah, so that feels like six-ish months. we're, We're getting close. And you recently attended your very first DrupalCon in Amsterdam. So why don't we start there? What were your impressions of DrupalCon Amsterdam? So it was really interesting. I was very excited to get to do my first DrupalCon in Europe because that community is so active within Drupal. And so what was really interesting to me was how that venue was not only a good way to deliver content, but people were really collaborating from a business perspective, from a contribution perspective. There were meetings happening, people that got to see each other that had only, you know, been on Twitter or something on D.org. And so it was really interesting to see how literally getting people together had such a great effect on the Drupal community. So I thought that was just really great. Yeah. Talking about the venue, the one thing I really liked about this venue um, other than the fact I, I literally had to walk through a park every morning to get there from where I was staying, which was awesome. But the other thing I really liked about it is once you kind of entered the doors and you walked by, you, you registered, you went through the registration area, you were immediately in the exhibition area. Yes. Like you weren't in some other lobby where you had to then go find the exhibition area. You were in the ex- exhibition area, so there was no way to get to the contribution room or the sessions without interacting or going through that exhibition area, which I thought was fantastic because that area was always busy. Always busy. I think the energy was fantastic. I think it made a great experience for everybody that participated in the exhibition hall. Um, So I loved it. I love that you immediately walked in and, and you're in the thick of it, which is, which is great. So how about, you know, this being your first DrupalCon what did you, you know, I'm sure that's everybody, you go into things like this with certain expectations. Um, so what about this first DrupalCon for you either surprised you or exceeded your expectation or was just completely different than what you expected? So I can tell you what really exceeded my expectation and surprised me in, in the very best ways was Contribution Day. So I think we had, I haven't seen all the final numbers, but I want to say it was 25% of all attendees were at contribution day. And I didn't know what to expect, but it was amazing. We kept adding tables and opening up rooms and more and more people were there. And that to me was just, it was an absolute pleasure to see everybody together and have the energy of DrupalCon continue into contribution and to see what we're talking about and what we want to do with Drupal really be in action in that room. Uh, it was just, it was an amazing, amazing day to see everybody there. Yeah. Those days are, are pretty cool because there, there's almost, there's two things going on at once there. There's people who have been in the community for a while um, collaborating, but then also just seeing each other, you know, right. once or twice a year that we get to see one another. So that's, it, that makes it a very joyous you know, atmosphere for the folks who have been around for a while. You could, yeah, the energy was palpable in, in the best way. And what was really fun too, is we had a, a few tables promote Drupal as an example of contribution tables that were hosted that were non-code. Um, you know, we, we really want to make sure that we're walking the walk around all the different ways people can contribute. So it was great to see people actually participate in the promote Drupal table as well. Having, having, Contributors that are not code focused 
um, in the same room is, I think, very important. And, you know, we should only see more of that. Um, the other side of things, you know, the other side of the coin with the contribution day is the amazing job that the mentors do, the contribution mentors do with kind of integrating new contributors into the same space. And, you know, introducing them, like if, if they find that a, a new contributor has a particular interest in, um, you know, like the, the layout system, then actually walk them over to the table where the maintainers or the contributors for the, the layout system are, are working. The mentors at DrupalCon, yeah, the mentors at DrupalCon Europe were fantastic. I don't think anybody got anywhere near the front door without somebody greeting them enthusiastically and asking uh, what they were interested in and, and being ready to get them connected immediately. Exactly. All right. So real quick, before we wrap up uh, DrupalCon Amsterdam, and this was not in the rundown, so I'm springing this one on you. Will there be another DrupalCon Europe next year? That is in the works. We are finalizing all of the contracts now. I hope to have an announcement very soon, but we are committed to making that happen. And all signs look super positive. So there should be some good news very very shortly. So the, what, I guess what I'm hearing is you're not going to tell me exclusively where the <laughs> you get the exclusive scoop. Now I've, I've got to dot a couple more I's and cross a couple more T's and, and, and get it all together. But we are so very close to making it happen. And I'm, and I'm really excited about coming back to Europe next fall. All right. Well, I'm not really sure what the point is of continuing this podcast without that information. <laughs> um, I will think about it while I tell our listeners about our sponsor. I'll text a few people and see if I can get some exclusive news for you before we're done. Oh, that'd be fantastic. All right. So you've got about 45 seconds before. Uh... <laughs> so I'm going to tell you about mydropwizard.com. They have been a sponsor of the Drupal Easy podcast. I, I should actually go back and look. It's, it's been well over a year. They do uh, Drupal 6, 7, and 8 basic maintenance plans. Um, specifically, uh, they do Drupal 6 long-term support. And uh, starting sooner than you think, they will be uh, doing Drupal 7 extended support. So when the community stops supporting Drupal 7, uh, some, I forget what the date is, uh, sometime in 2020, uh, mydropwizard.com will provide long-term service for Drupal 7. So they will keep, oh, actually it's November of, uh, November of 2021. I'm sorry, I had the date right in front of me. I just wasn't reading. Um, but mydropwizard.com, they will keep your Drupal 7 site up to date and secure past Drupal 7's end of life in November of 2021. Uh, they have a low monthly fee starting at $99. Again, that's dependent on the, the, the scope and scale of your site. They will keep core and co uh, contributed modules up to date. They'll make sure the, the site stays online. They will answer support questions for core and popular contrib modules. They will even provide basic one-off one maintenance tasks. So definitely check them out at mydropwizard.com. They have a money back, a 30-day money-back guarantee. They have 24-hour response time. Um, they've been in the Drupal community for a long time. They are a known and trusted organization. So definitely check them out at mydropwizard.com. All right, Heather, anything exclusive yet, or do I have to wait a little bit longer? You have to wait a little bit longer. It's a time zone thing now. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to wait on the West Coast. <laughs> All right. No worries. So let's let's learn a little bit more about you and your background. So you are um, in Atlanta, Ger Atlanta, Georgia. That's, yes. I believe, where you and I first met. Actually, yes. no, we first met uh, earlier than that, briefly, at DrupalCon last year, I think. So I was very briefly at DrupalCon Seattle uh, in an unofficial capacity, and we did get to spend a little time there. You're right. But you were at DrupalCon Atlanta this past, uh, don't ask me the month, because I'm horrible at looking in the past and knowing when something I think it was September, I if I remember correctly. But, all right, let's go with September. <laughs> so um, I want to talk about, you know, one of your, pre your I don't know, if your previous gig right before the Drupal Association, was it with Girls Inc. or was it with uh, Women in Technology? So actually, my immediate previous was back in the corporate sector on on the consulting side. So I have flipped back and forth between corporate and nonprofit. Um, and, and one thing that made Drupal very relevant to me was immediately before this, I was the managing principal for a consulting firm here in Atlanta. And we did a lot of work in technology and DevOps uh, and had gotten into open source projects. So 
I was able to take that knowledge and pull it over. But immediately before that uh, was my work with Girls Inc. Yeah, so I want to ask you about that because I, I, I read a little bit about Girls Inc. Uh, over the weekend while I was prepping for this. This seems like an amazing organization. It is. Yes. So can you tell us just kind of the elevator pitch about what this, you know, it's somewhat evident uh, from the name, but kind of give us a little bit deeper uh, elevator pitch on on what the organization is all about. Yeah, it's an it's an organization that's um, both in the U.S. and Canada. And it's we serve we I still it's one of those things whenever I've been entrenched in an organization, I never let go and still feel passionate. So when I say we Girls Inc., serves girls uh, K through 12. So it serves that entire experience and really wants to empower girls to be strong, smart, and bold, which is one of my favorite short, sweet mission statements of all time. And it's about really helping girls have confidence, be self-sufficient, make good decisions and and help them be successful in life. And, And it sounds a lot easier than it is, but they have a focus too on, um, particularly underserved communities which is very impactful. And so the, the time I spent with Girls Inc. will always stay with me. And a lot of the lessons I learned there, not only about the empowerment of a younger generation, but particularly around diversity, equity, and inclusion, I'm able to use a lot of that information and learning to bring over to Drupal. Yeah, when I first saw the, you know, the name of the organization, I just made the incorrect assumption that it was some sort of, had some sort of technology angle. Mm-hmm. Um, but clearly, I mean, it's much, it, it's a much more holistic approach. In, indeed. And what was interesting is when I served as executive director there, because of my technology background, I was able to spearhead a lot of STEM education programs that we did in the Atlanta area. And that Girls Inc. is doing very successfully Um nationally at this point. So STEM education is a huge part of that, uh, not only because technology is so prevalent, but if you can get students into lucrative careers, it really changes the trajectory of not only their lives, but of the lives of the family around them. And it can actually be a vehicle to get um, to get girls out of poverty. So it sounds like that there are um, Girls Inc. organizations in various cities. Is it just in the U.S. or is it a U.S. and Canada. All right, very good. Um, so that's, I mean, incredibly inspiring. Uh, you know, just, just I, I encourage anyone who even has a passing interest. It's girls in uh, girls inc atl dot org uh, is, is where where uh, Heather, you were the former CEO. That's right, and the national organization is girlsinc.org, and they do a lot of they do a lot of great programming in, in many cities. So would love people to get connected there. Fantastic. All right, so let's move on to, um, you know, you took this job at the Drupal Association. So tell us, you know, and again, this, this is kind of a wide open question, but um, let me try and focus it down a little bit. Um, what do you hope, you know, what do you bring, what do you feel that you bring to the table to the Drupal Association as far as like where the DA can evolve next? Not, not so much as the plates that are already spinning, Right, but where would you like to see the DA kind of, of, or how would you like to see the DA evolve? So I think one thing in my background that I hope proves helpful is the ability for the DA and for the Drupal community in general to connect very strategically with the business community. And so, in particular, one of the focus areas we have right now is how do we better connect and collaborate with enterprise users, those large end users that have Drupal as part of their technology portfolio, but may not be involved much at all from a contribution standpoint, may not even know the DA exists, may or may not know about DrupalCon, and how do we get those large organizations that have a capacity to contribute, but also the capacity to donate and support more integrated into the community. So I'm hoping to use a lot of my business development and corporate development background to bring to the DA so that we can do that even more effectively. And I think the reason I think that's important is not that the DA needs to take a glance where we're all business focused, but I think everyone in the ecosystem needs to be involved. And I think that's a piece that's been missing that can really bolster um, what we're trying to do across the board. It's it's kind of a double-edged sword though, right? Because I mean, I... I think most people who listen to this podcast probably know of organizations of all sizes that use Drupal, but don't know about the community, don't know about the DA, don't contribute, 
either in, in, in time or money. Um, so from that standpoint, yes, you know, that, that's something that I think is, is, you know, some way to reach those organizations is and quite frankly, especially the large ones with deep pockets right. um, would, would be very nice because the more that we can do that, the more that the DA can funnel back into the community in, in forms of, 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 you know, programs that, um, that would benefit the, the community. The double side sword though, the fact that the, you know, I, I can see where some folks might see more corporate involvement in the community as not always a net positive. Right. So there's a very fine line, I think, in um, in, in identifying and, 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 and having these organizations participate more, um, but do it in a way that's consistent with the community's values. Absolutely. So I think the key is, to look when you when I talk about strategic partnerships, it, it's not you know let me let me comb the Drupal ecosystem and just bring in every corporation that touches Drupal. It's really who are the right partners for what our Drupal community is trying to accomplish. And I think when you when you pinpoint the right organizations to your point that match our values that that have missions similar to our mission then you really get the right partnership. So it's not about it's not about bringing everybody to the table, it's about bringing the right organizations to the table. But I think there's huge upside in collaborating in general. So I'm a big fan of collaborating with organizations and not recreating the wheel. So when I look at collaborations, it, yes, it's that corporate sector, but it's also government, it's education, it's nonprofit and how all those organizations can work together within the Drupal ecosystem aside just from participation in DrupalCon. Because I think what we can do in those partnerships and collaborations is really create an atmosphere where Drupal is growing and is better recognized. And so it's not, you know, yes, it's about making businesses more successful, but as business is successful and that business is associated with Drupal, we're also creating an atmosphere where Drupal developers and everybody involved in the Drupal uh, system are really highly sought after, highly compensated. And so I think it's, it's definitely a win-win situation that we want to create. So one thing that I've been thinking about and, and, and researching and reading about and talking to people about for the past year or two is the um, like Drupal's place in the larger open source universe. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the things that we really do well? What are the things that we don't do so well? So speaking to your point, like, are there other open source projects that you're aware of that do kind of the the, the corporate or the, the large organization outreach really well? Well, it's it's interesting. So when you when you look at open source projects, you there's the the Drupal model, which I believe we're the largest independent open source project which is really unique. And you look at some of the other open source projects that get named and they have, to a large extent, they have corporate support as their primary funding mechanism. And so there's pros and cons with that. I think what's interesting with Drupal is, you know, there's a way to stay independent and to have a broader, a broader system of corporate influence so that you're not just dependent on one large corporation. But you can you can spread that out, and then you can keep a lot of what makes the Drupal community special. Um, I think that Drupal leads in a lot of areas, and when you talk about you know the evolution of of the DA, I think there's such an opportunity from a marketing and outreach perspective to tell the Drupal story louder and prouder. I think that people don't have a concept outside of the Drupal bubble, as I affectionately call it about not only how powerful the project is, but where we do lead in a lot of things. And, and I would say open source communities really look to Drupal when we talk about the community itself and the way that our community operates and, and the, the mission and standards that, that we have within our community that make it very well functioning and in the diversity and inclusion um, aspect that we're really focused on. So I think there's a lot we do well. And there's opportunities for us, to your point, to learn from other organizations. But again, there's collaboration needed there. So we need to be reaching out to those other open source projects. I need to know the leaders of those projects so that we're sharing what works and what doesn't, because I think there's there's a ton in common that we can learn from each other. 
Yeah, I don't think we, I don't think we do a good job of talking to ourselves about the things that we're doing well. Mm-hmm. I think when you're inside the bubble, it's very easy to 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 see all of the the warts and all of the things that we need to work on. But I think it's actually a very valuable exercise to, you know, step outside and look at all the things that we're really doing well. Um, I think that's a healthy exercise for you know, for us to do as a community. You're absolutely right. And I think that's an opportunity for the Drupal Association to lead with that. I think there's a huge, you know, a huge opportunity for us to be advocates and telling the story of the Drupal community and making sure that all of that positivity and all the places we lead are, are very well known. To your point, not just outside the bubble, but within the bubble so that we can take pride in the things that we're doing really well. Yeah, there was a keynote a few years ago. Um, I believe he was a board member either currently or at the time, Steve Francia. Steve Francia. That is one of the, yeah, one of the most uh, mentioned keynotes. I've Almost everyone has mentioned that to me. It's really impactful. Yeah, it absolutely was because it really, it, it, it drove home exactly what we're talking about, that we are doing things right and we should be proud and we are leaders in, in, in various areas and we need to just keep it up. Absolutely. And so I think, you know, there's an opportunity for the DA to help, you know, to help be the the megaphone uh, to share those stories and and help us remember. All right. So let me ask you a few more questions, kind of um, you having a new perspective, um, you know, coming from outside the community, being inside the community now for six months. So I kind of asked you this talking about DrupalCon Amsterdam, but let's forget about Amsterdam for a second and think about this in a more kind of a general sense. Uh, What's the most unexpected thing that you've learned about the community? So I would say the the most unexpected thing, I think the the what was not unexpected that has come to fruition and is very true is is the fact that it is such a group of passionate, involved volunteers. And when and when you've got an organization that relies so heavily on a volunteer community, both individuals, businesses, you name it, I, I think there's there's such excitement and power within that. I think what's been unexpected my concern coming in was when you've got a global community, you know, is that global community, can they really find a way to be connected and, and to, and to participate in initiatives in a meaningful way? And I think that what I have found is the answer is yes, because Drupal does such a good job in getting people connected regardless of location and getting them involved. And so my, my fear was outside of DrupalCon, can you still have that connection and and move the project forward? And I think the answer is yes. And I think while there are opportunities for us to continue to innovate on those opportunities to connect, I think the community does it very, very well. So I think you kind of answered my second question as part of that question as well. Um, I was going to ask you, what's the most impressive thing you've learned about the community? But yeah, so I think that's kind of, that's part of it, right? So it's, it's the, you, I, I went in knowing that this community was going to be fantastic, not only as individuals, but as a group. But I think just seeing how to take that global connection and run with it um, has just been really, really impressive and outstanding to me. And I think what would be good feedback for me uh, from the community is what are other ways that we can help people connect outside of physical events? What's fantastic is Drupal does not have to rely on events like a DrupalCon in North America or Europe because so much great activity is happening at the local and regional level and, and the camps and the meetups and the unconferences that are happening to support the Drupal community, I think are just as impactful as if not more than some of these global events that happen as well. Well, we're going to talk about the next global event here in a second, but let me ask you one more question. Um, where do you think we have the most unexplored or maybe unexploited is a better word, upside. Well, I think, and we talked about, you know, the corporate connections, I think has been largely unexplored or, or maybe more so un, un, not understood in a way that, that benefits the community. So I think that's that's a piece I'm, I'm, I'm trying to work on. But I think the other piece, and this is part of my nonprofit STEM education DNI background coming in, is I think there's a huge opportunity when we talk about the diversity and inclusion of the Drupal community to also think it, think about it from a talent pipeline perspective. So um, one way that Kaleem Clarkson, who runs Drupal Camp Atlanta, and I really connected was around the idea of, you know, who's this next generation of Drupalists and how do we not only find them, but get them involved in the community and have them be as enthusiastic as we are today. 
And I think that's a huge issue. It's a talent pipeline issue. And I think that there's we it's been largely unexplored about how Drupal collaboratively tackles that problem. And it's not that it's a problem. It's a problem for Drupal if we don't do it. But there's huge upside in getting the next generation of Drupalists going into student communities, um, getting them excited about Drupal, helping them better understand open source. And it also solves some of our marketing and buzz problem because if we've got if we've got the next generation really excited about Drupal as technology, that buzz can serve us really well. So I think it just really benefits us in a myriad of ways. And I think that we haven't had a concentrated effort from a global collaboration perspective to really tackle that. And so that's one of the things that's top of my list as well. And it sounds like, as we talked about earlier, you are well-suited based on your background for that type of work. From the DNI perspective, the student outreach, and then also from my time in women in technology, really understanding the workforce development aspect of it. And I think we can pull all those things together and Drupal can really benefit. Well, it's pretty exciting. I'm excited about it. And I've talked to a lot of people that are interested in helping me tackle it. So I'm looking forward to the collaboration to get that done. All right. Well, let's talk about the next big global event, DrupalCon Minneapolis. Yes. Taking place May 18th through 22nd. I think the schedule is roughly the same as DrupalCon, was it Seattle? Seattle. Yes. Correct. Again, I have such a hard time like remembering. You go to everything. You can't keep it straight. <laughs> this is like this is like a life thing. Other than like my 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 family's like birthdays. Like if you ask me who won the Super Bowl last year, I'm a big football fan, but that would take me a minute or two to uh, you know come up. With the <laughs> you live in the now. It's okay. I live in the now. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Monday and Tuesday of DrupalCon week will be uh, trainings and and community summits and things like that. Right, and I, I did want to put in the plug for the trainings. We've I've talked to people that attend DrupalCon and don't come to the trainings, and then ask where all of the technical training is going to happen, and they've just missed it. So I encourage people to look at the trainings and consider going. Well, I don't know if you're aware of this. You are talking to one of the trainers. Well, again, you are everywhere doing all the things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be so. I'll, I'll, real quick, I will be giving, um, and I've done this this same training event for the past. This might be the fourth year. Uh, it's Drupal 8 uh, Introduction to Module Development. Nice. Um, yeah. And last year in Seattle, I think it was our biggest class ever. I think we had uh, over 40 people in that class. That's so great. It's, it's, it's tried and true. And I, I know the curriculum works. I teach it, you know, a bunch of times throughout the year. So it's a, and it's a, it's a topic that I love teaching. So that's one of the technical. I don't know if that's on the Monday or the Tuesday. I, it's in, I'm sure it's in my calendar, but. Um, anyway, so Monday, Tuesday, trainings, community summits, Wednesday and Thursday, two full days of sessions. And then Friday is, of course, the contribution day. North America has to step up on contribution day uh, since Europe had such a good turnout. So uh, hopefully everybody will stay for that. Uh, we have some upcoming deadlines, though, that we should probably talk about, including one uh, coming up in the next few days on November 22nd. Um, which is the end of this week, depending on when you're listening to the podcast, early bird registration ends. So how much are folks saving by um, uh, doing early bird registration? So they are saving a lot of money. I will have them go look. So depending on when you register, so early bird registration, you're going to save at least $100, if not more. Um, We also have special discounts if you're a nonprofit entity where you can save additional money. And then if the fee is an issue in general, we have scholarships available. And I think that a lot of people assume that they are not eligible for scholarships, but you would be surprised if you have a passion for Drupal and want to be there and the cost is prohibitive. Please, please, please uh, sign up to be considered for a scholarship. Yeah, absolutely. I should mention that. I actually applied for a scholarship a few years ago um, and was awarded a ticket. Um, I, I don't. I didn't apply for like the travel stipend side of things. Right. Um, but there are um, there are core maintainers who who get scholarships to help. You know, folks who work for themselves or independent contractors. You're el- eligible. Absolutely. Yeah. So so you you don't 
you don't get a scholarship if you don't apply. So I encourage everyone that's interested to apply. Exactly. And there's also, um, I don't know, is this new this year or am I just, have I just forgotten it? Um, there's actually, if you, there's a late registration period as well where the price actually goes up close to the event. Yes. Yeah, so like any event, uh, it's easier to plan if you know who's coming and the earlier, the better. So early bird registration, uh, if you register right now, is $7.95. And then regular registration starts on the 23rd, which is $8.95. So I did have it right. It was $100 off. And then it goes up another $100, what we consider late registration, starting April 1st. And then on-site is a little more uh, as well. So it, it pays, uh, or actually it saves uh, you to plan early and, and, to, and to get your ticket now if possible. Right. And I, you know, as you said, um, scholars, there are scholarships and grants available. Those close, uh, the, the application deadline is December 4th. Correct. That's coming up as well. And that's the same day that session proposals close, I believe. Yes. So the call for proposals is happening now. So if you have a topic that you'd like to be considered uh, as a speaker for at DrupalCon, we'd love to hear from you. If you've never submitted a session before, uh, we don't want that to be a hindrance to you. So there is support from our staff and from our program committee to help you with your submission to, to answer any questions. And I think that, again, just like the scholarship applications, if you're interested and you have some good information to share, we encourage you to submit because that really helps. We want new speakers. We want fresh voices. And we encourage everybody to be involved. Absolutely. And I know that there are a bunch of camps um, in the run-up to uh, Minneapolis, including Florida Drupal Camp, that are great opportunities to test drive a session. That's an excellent point. Right. And our, and I know, I can speak for our camp, um, if, you, um, if you propose a session for Florida Drupal Camp, and you say that you're a first-time speaker and that you would like some assistance, you get it. You probably get more than you want. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I'm a big proponent in, uh, in, in fresh voices, but there's plenty of people in the community who can help with that. And that's, a non, that's, a, that's an amazing non-code contribution. Yes. Right? You, don't need to, you don't need to know how to code in order to review someone's session or have them give a dry run for you and some other folks or... Um, even having, I mean, something I've found is uh, super valuable, and I do this for myself still, is I will just give the presentation and record it, um, mm. you know, record the audio, record like my screen. And just having it being recorded is a lot different than saying, I'm going to sit down and review my slides. Right. Because um, that gets the timing down. And then, you know, you can, the worst thing in the world, especially for someone who's podcasted 221, going on 222 episodes, <laughs> is listening to my own voice. Right. <laughs> so to, to listen to your session back after you record it, personally, there's no better tool to improve your session <laughs> than, be, than being self-critical. Yeah. And that's a great idea to record it and listen to it. But to your point, which I think is really important, is there are many people, just like we talked about mentored contributions, there are many people in the Drupal community that have presented at DrupalCon or local events that really want everybody to be successful. And so I think if, if anyone has a desire to do it, please submit and ask for help and reach out if you have any questions. So here's something, and this kind of predates your tenure at the DA, but something I've been curious about, and I think you can probably shed some, uh, some light on it. Um, so for the first time, um, ever, I believe there were multiple DrupalCon locations announced in advance. So we know where, you know, the 2020, uh, DrupalCon's in Minneapolis and then correct me if I'm wrong here, but then we go to Portland and then to Boston and then back to Portland for the next three years after that. Um, clearly there's some pretty big advantages in reserving those cities or the hotels or the venues, um, so I'm just curious, Heather, is the advantage mainly a financial one or is it also just a planning advantage and having those venues locked down and, um, just a known quantity in advance? Like how big of an advantage is that? So I would say to the largest extent that was done from a financial standpoint, 
Um, and, and there's several reasons for that. One is, you know, the earlier you lock something in, the better deal you're going to get. And, and better deal is all relative, right? These are always expensive events to host. Um, the other piece is it gives you time to work with the economic development teams in these different cities to see if there are any, um, you know, any uh, rewards, for lack of a better term, that they'll give you for coming to those cities. And I think the other piece is, you know, you're right from a planning perspective, you know where you're going to be, you can start thinking through, you know what the venues are, uh, you can get some lessons learned from what worked and what didn't from a previous venue, and start early to apply that. But I would say while it's mostly financial, there's also some other upside to that for sure. All right, very good. Well, I think we've talked about everything that there is to talk about, at least for now. For now, let's do it again, though, sometime. For now, absolutely. All right, well, let's move on to some news items, and then we're going to come back and learn even more about you, Heather. Isn't this it's so exciting? It really is. <laughs> hey, everybody, real quick, I want to introduce a friend of mine, Mike Herschel, co-organizer of Florida Drupal Camp. Hey, Mike, how you doing? Uh, since when were we friends, Mike? <laughs> well, you know, I'm optimistic <laughs> that, you know, maybe someday. Maybe yeah, someday. maybe... Maybe someday, if you if you continue working on Florida Drupal Camp organizing, we can get to that level. Really, twelve years is not enough. <laughs> nope. nope. Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me, uh, so uh, Florida Drupal Camp. It is uh, February twenty first, twenty second, and twenty third of twenty twenty. What is this? Our twelfth year? Yeah, twelfth year. It is our twelfth year. Holy crap! I know it's 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 almost too much uh, too much to handle. Yeah. But yeah, it's our 12th year. Things are going strong. You know, it's, it's, in my opinion, and granted, I'm very biased. I think it's, you know, one of the most fun Drupal events out there. Um, you know, we kind of pride ourselves on uh, making sure that it's a, it's a very community-ish event. There's mm -hmm. a lot of fun activities, a lot of networking time, um, some surprises here and there, as well as all the stuff you would expect from a, uh, a, a Drupal event. We've got full and half day trainings on Friday, February 21st. We have a full day of sessions and honestly more food at, than I've ever seen at any other Drupal event on Saturday, the 22nd. The food that we have, by the way, like, like when we do surveys, everybody comments about the food in a positive way. It is amazing. It's, There's just, uh, always so, it's so much. It's so it, much food. It, well, it's not about the it's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. It's this place called Locos Gringos, and it kind of makes your own burrito, and it wraps. It, it, it's more of like a taco-ish burrito, maybe a taco rito. Double and decker. It, yeah, double decker. It wraps like a uh, what you call it, hard shell taco with a soft shell with cheese in between. Oh, so um, and it's I'm getting hungry right now. And uh, there's all types of gluten free and vegan options, and everybody loves it. And there's a full like breakfast, you know, spread as mm -hmm. people arrive. And then oh yeah, food. yeah, tons of fruit, tons of like fruit and and pastries, and of course like more coffee than you can drink. Yeah, and drinks available all day, and yep. snacks, you know, snacks and desserts all afternoon. It, yeah, really... yeah. Come for the food, stay for the community. Yep. <laughs> yeah, and then the last day, speaking of community, a contribution sprint. Mike, what would you call that uh, contribution sprint? Do you have another word for that? No, I don't. No, okay, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so contribution sprint um, led by Amy June on uh, Sunday the 23rd. We'll also have a few sessions on Sunday the 23rd. It's more of like, it's not really a half day. It's not a full day. It's like a two-thirds day. We yeah. We it early on Sunday for people to catch flights and, and make their way home. So and, and, and this kind of a great event. Yeah, and, and this contribution sprint is is well attended. You know, we'll have a good fifty people in there, and uh, this particular year we're gonna we're gonna do some sprinting on the new Olivera theme that's gonna go in Drupal Core to actually make a Drupal look pretty. And um, we have mentors. We have onboarding that Amy June is gonna do. So if you've if never, you've never coded do, before, we can still use you. There's tons of things to do. Yeah. Florida Drupal Camp will have. We're expecting about 225 people. That's kind of what we've been at the past few years. And yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so come oh, on out. You know, register oh, today at fldrupal.camp. Yeah, Mike, yeah, well, thanks, for, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast. I have one more thing to say. We're, 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 we're officially guaranteeing a 75 degree Fahrenheit, 23 degrees Celsius uh, weather with sunny skies. That, that's, that's written into the contract. Is that a money back guarantee or is that just like a... No, 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 totally not. Okay. So it's just like... like an asterisk next to it. I got it. All right, fair mm -hmm. enough. 
All right. Well, we'll see everyone at Florida Drupal Camp. Bye. All righty. So real quick, I want to mention that just last week, the uh, Drupal Career Online program, that is uh, Drupal Easy's 12-week, three-half-day-a-week, best practice-focused online training program. We graduated yet another class. I think this was our 14th class of students that we graduated, um, a total of eight students. Uh, graduated and completed and are now loose in the community. Well, they've always been loose in the community, but now they're loose and full of confidence in the community. So uh, I want to say congratulations to them. And I will say that the next semester of Drupal Career Online begins February 24th, uh, which is literally the day after Florida Drupal Camp. So I will be drinking a lot of caffeine on the first day of class on February 24th. If you have heard about Drupal Career Online and you or you know someone who might be interested, the best way to learn a little bit more about it is to attend one of our free one-hour Taste of Drupal webinars. Uh, We do these a few times in January and February. The dates are on our website at drupaleasy.com slash DCO for Drupal Career Online. And there you can get more information about the curriculum and Taste of Drupal and what it's all about and you know, everything you need to make an uh, informed decision about whether or not these, this class is for you. Uh, I also want to mention that I am still doing the monthly professional local development with DDEV workshops. These are two-hour hands-on online workshops held every month. Uh, the next one will be Friday, uh, December 6th. So you can go to drupaleasy.com slash ddev to learn more about that and to register. And uh, finally, you can, if you are interested in using ddev or you kind of use ddev and you want to know more about ddev and developing Drupal sites with ddev, you can pick up my book, uh, Local Web Development with ddev Explained. It's less than 10 bucks. Um, I wanted to make it cheap and affordable. And I would encourage you to get the electronic version, either EPUB or PDF or something, because I do update the book a couple times a year. And I'm actually working on the next update right now. Um, Finally, I think by the time most people listen to this, I will be at NEDCAMP, New England Drupal Camp. I'm teaching a full day of Composer Basics uh, this Friday, which is November 22nd. So check that out. I believe that's my last Drupal event of the year much to the, um, uh, the joy of uh, my family. Uh, so my last, my last travel trip of the year, which would be kind of nice. And then, of course, Florida Drupal Camp, February 21st through 23rd. Registration, session proposals open, and we are in the thick of planning, um, as always, the most fun Drupal event anywhere. So... Uh, Heather, real quick, where can people find you online? I know that you are on Twitter and you're fairly active at HS Rocker on Twitter. Is there any other social media accounts that you are active on that you wish to share with us? I'd say Twitter's the most active. Um, people uh, can also find me on LinkedIn. Um, I share a good bit of content there as well. All right, very good. And of course, you can uh, follow Drupal Easy at Drupal Easy on Twitter. And I am Ultimike on Twitter and pretty much everywhere. All right, let's learn more about Heather. Uh, so let's stop talking about Drupal for a few minutes <laughs> and tell us something interesting you do outside of Drupal. So probably not surprising due to my background. I still volunteer a lot with STEM education organizations and in particular an organization called First Robotics. I'm a former board president here in Georgia. So I am very involved in robotics competitions for uh, kids K through 12. So that's one thing that keeps me busy. Uh, The other thing, which we haven't touched on at all, is I also do dance choreography. So I was a a tap, jazz, and ballet dancer growing up and a competitive tap dancer. So a couple times a year, I get connected with local musical theater groups and will choreograph musicals and other productions. Holy cow. Okay. Well, I did not, I didn't know about either of those, but one of those would be plenty. So two of those, you might be overachieving a little bit. Um, I was actually a first coach as well for a while. I, I coached um, my kids' elementary school team for a few years. I was going to say, I'm working to get first involved with uh, Drupal, hoping to get them at an event soon. One of my first long-form Drupal students, she was in our very first, it was an in-person class. It, 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 
Um, she used to work at Kennedy Space Center, and she was one of the people who got laid off when the space shuttle was retired. Mm-hmm. Um, but she is uh, a uh, a first coach for a Girl Scout team. Yes, the Girl Scouts are very involved. Her girls are like her girls are like out of college, you know, living. You know, she just has remained active in Girl Scouts, and she just coaches every year. Um, this this first team, uh, it's amazing. It is, and it's global, so everyone has a chance to either have a student they know involved or, or to be a mentor there, too. All right, fantastic. What's your favorite movie? So my favorite movie is Singing in the Rain. I'm a huge Gene Kelly fan, and uh, that that's my go-to feel-good movie. All right, so I'm going to assume, and I think it's a pretty safe assumption these days, that you are streaming something. So currently streaming, and this is a little bit new, so I, uh, my son is nine years old, and um, I am one of the many people that was convinced to download the Disney Plus app. So we are streaming a lot of Disney content right now. Um, but what I'm enjoying is we're going back and watching a lot of the classic Disney movies, uh, so we watched Mary Poppins the other day, and we've got a, a laundry list of the classic kind of Disney musicals we're, we're making our way through right now. All right. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I read a stat. I think 10 million people, including you and I, apparently signed up for Disney Plus on that first day. Yeah, was, I actually waited until the second day because I saw that they were <laughs> crashing and there were so many people. So the early adopter in me kind of delayed and I was like, let's let it work out. But yeah, now we're all in. No, I couldn't wait. My family and I were big Star Wars fans. We had, we oh, yeah, that new Mandalorian show. We could not wait. <laughs> yes, we haven't started that yet, but I know that's that's coming too. Yes. Um, so when you are working, what distracts you the most? <laughs> I don't think this will be an unusual answer, but slack. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on so many channels and in so many conversations and I, and I want to be accessible and present, but it, it, it it's a distractor if you're not careful. So I find myself having to just kind of turn it completely off for chunks of time just to actually get things done. Yeah, I am jealous of people who can ignore. So I, I use Apple products, but and I am jealous of people who can ignore the little red bubbles with the numbers in them. I can't. That's why I have to. It has to not be in front of me. <laughs> yeah, like right now, while we're in this podcast, I have a little red bubble on my messages and on Slack, and it's and killing I'm doing you. Everything isn't it? in my power not <laughs> to look over to that screen. I have my phone turned upside down, so I don't know. <laughs> I have a, one of my best friends that I grew up with. Um, I see him a couple times a year, and he has an iPhone, and his he has like the mail icon on you know on the on the front page of his phone, and the number in the red bubble is I've never seen it like less than ten thousand, and I don't understand how he like lives day to day. I can't. That would make me crazy. <laughs> I'm like, give me your phone, and let me just mark them all as red. I, <laughs> just <you> something. <laughs> just get rid of it. At that point, yeah, just I'm delete a slave and start to over. Red bubbles. <laughs> All right. So last question. So back in the Drupal uh, sphere, we go real quick. And this is, you know, this is blue sky. This this doesn't have to be something that the, and actually, I I think we would prefer if this was not something that the DA is involved with, but what Drupal project that you are aware of, are you currently most excited about? That is a good one. Okay. So if I do, if I cheat and pick one where we are somewhat involved, but I'm not personally involved, it would be. Well, I will judge whether or not that's worthy. Right. And then, and then we'll go, we'll go from there. And, and the DA is not involved with this piece, but the translations that are happening globally of the promote Drupal deck, I think it's so cool. So it's been really interesting to see the Drupal story be told well in a way that can help businesses and to now see people picking that up and volunteering time to translate into a variety of languages, I think it's just really, really neat. And I think if we can if we can really figure out how to effectively and efficiently translate, uh, you know, everything that we do, I think that we really can, can get some good traction there. That is absolutely a valid answer. Okay, good. <laughs> oh, thank goodness. <laughs> That's a really cool project because I think to date there is a, like a traditional slide deck that you can, like a PDF that you can download. Right, which is great if you speak English. It's all being moved in, like the content of the slides is being moved into a Drupal site. So it's translatable. Right. And then my understanding is there's going to be some type of tool where you can 
uh, select the slides from the deck that you want and then the language and hit a button and poof, you get it. That is the idea. And, and even though the, the DA is kind of tangentially involved, it's a, it's a huge volunteer contributor project, which I think can really, when we talk about telling the Drupal story and, and getting outside the bubble, those are the things that matter. Yeah, those slides are fantastic. The, the ones that I've seen, the PDF, the static ones are fantastic. And, you know, I would absolutely use them in a pitch to a new, to a new organization for a client. Good. Then it, then that's what that's what we want to happen. So that's fantastic. And and again, the the fact that people are helping translate is huge. Yeah, everybody should uh, check that project out. I'll put a link in the um, in the podcast notes as well. Great. All right. Well, Heather, this was great. This was fun. Um, actually, here you can give us one exclusive. Oh. You can right now publicly commit to come to Florida Drupal Camp uh, in in towards the end of February. You can do that right now. So you know what? I will. I'll commit to coming. Not only because you're fantastic and and I love Florida Drupal Camp, but your sticker was one of my child's favorite Drupal Camp stickers. And so that <laughs> weighs heavily in where I go. <laughs> so that, you know, you know, what's funny about that is that speaks volumes about Mike Herschel's personality right there. Because <laughs> he basically said, because um, he and I, you know, anything involving money, you know, he and I check with each other, make sure it's a it's a valid expenditure. So he he pinged me on Slack one day and he said, "Hey, I want to order uh, stickers for Florida Drupal Camp, and I want them to be the most sparkly stickers of any Drupal Camp ever." And I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was the whole goal was to make them sparkly and shiny and 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 would stand out. And clearly, they have done their job. It worked. It, it clinched me coming to Florida Drupal Camp. So tell them it was hugely effective. All right. Fantastic. Well, now we just have to look for something interesting for you to do while you're down. I mean, I can teach tap dance classes. You just let me know. Hmm. Right. Well, <laughs> now that we know that you're coming, now, now we're on the spot to, to take advantage of it. Fantastic. All right. Well, let me wrap things up real quick. Let me mention our longtime sponsors, devpanel.com, who, by the way, I think I mentioned this on the podcast every year. I email them the sponsorship levels for Florida Drupal Camp, and they are always, and it's always within minutes, the first to confirm. So DevPanel, again, will be a gold sponsor. That's a $1,000 um, sponsor for Florida Drupal Camp. So I can't thank them enough. Check them out at devpanel.com. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, listen to all 221 of our previous episodes at DrupalEasy.com slash podcast, or just search for Drupal Easy on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever. And I think that's it. I think we're done. Okay, so great. Heather, thank you very much. Great to talk to you as always. Thank you for having me. I hope everybody will come see me in DrupalCon Minneapolis. I'll, uh, whenever I'm not in a session, I'll hang out in our Drupal Association booth so everybody can come say hi. And register for Drupal Camp Minneapolis today. Otherwise, you're going to pay more money. That's right. Nobody wants to do that. So I look forward to all the registrations. All right. Fantastic. And we will see everybody on the next episode of the Drupal Easy Podcast. See ya!